How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of The Geeky Gentleman, the podcast for all your geeky needs, fashion, and lifestyle tips, all rolled into one perfectly packaged podcast. With the recent conclusion to the action-packed Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the show brought a little more screen time to the supporting character of Sharon Carter. Even though Sharon was initially one of the good guys, supporting S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain America, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it seems that Sharon has switched sides and is now one of the baddies. With her recent character growth in the MCU, and let's be real, we will be seeing more of Sharon Carter down the line. I figured now might be a good time to kind of step back and look back into the Marvel Comics lore to find out just who is Sharon Carter. In the gentleman's portion, I'm helping you gentlemen style out those quiffs and pompadours with the top three hair dryers, which is a necessary styling tool if you're wanting to get those fresh styles at home. Alrighty then, enough said, let's jump right into the podcast. Sharon Carter was created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Dick Ayers, and first appeared in the Tales of Suspense number 75 back in 1966. As with the films, most people tend to associate Sharon with her aunt Peggy and a sometime love interest for Steve Rogers, aka Captain America. Sharon was born in Richmond, Virginia, and grew up listening to the heroic stories of her aunt Peggy. Inspired by her aunt, she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and was assigned the codename Agent 13. By the time Steve Rogers comes into the picture, being revived from his suspended animation, he comes to the aid of Sharon while she's being attacked by the mercenary Batroc the Leaper. Thus begins their consistent crossing of paths as Sharon and Steve would team up for multiple missions against AIM, Hydra, Red School, only to name a few. Eventually, Sharon and Steve fall in love. While working as a S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison with the New York Police Department, Sharon investigates a white supremacist terrorist organization called the National Force. During one of the big battles, Sharon, under the effects of a mind-altering gas, apparently activates a self-destruct device and dies. Steve is shown the events of this battle via videotape. In true comic book fashion, it was later revealed that Sharon's death was faked so she could go on a top-secret mission for S.H.I.E.L.D. Sadly for Sharon, the mission didn't go well and Nick Fury believed that she had died in action. After two apparent deaths, if you're keeping count, Sharon is revealed to be still alive, but she was left behind enemy territory. After escaping, she spends several years working as a mercenary until she encounters a group of neo-Nazi extremists known as a Cube Cult. This group planned to use the Cosmic Cube to return Adolf Hitler to life. Sharon joins forces with the villainous Red Skull to stop them, but they both eventually lean on Captain America for some extra assistance. At this point in Steve's life, he was suffering from health issues because the Super Soldier Serum, which of course gave him his abilities, has started to break down and left him comatose. The Red Skull, who was occupying a cloned body of Steve at the time, gave him a blood transfusion, which contained an uncontaminated version of the Super Soldier Serum, and that jolts Steve back to life, and he's shocked to find Sharon back alive. 
Over the course of their new mission to topple the cult, Steve comes to learn that because of her years out in the cold, Sharon had become darker and more ruthless. Sounds like the Sharon that we started to see in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because she was left in the cold for helping Steve and the Avengers in Civil War. But back to the comic books, back to the comic books. Because of her more ruthless qualities, the two of them do not renew their relationship when Sharon later rejoins S.H.I.E.L.D. Although romantic tension stays between the pair, Sharon is put off by Steve's naivety. Naturally, the Red Skulls betrays them, and Sharon and Steve have to fight him as he's in possession of the Cosmic Cube, which allows the users to do whatever he wishes. Sharon and Steve argue about killing the Red Skull, with Sharon urging Steve to do it. When he refuses, she attempts to do it herself, but fails in the process. Luckily, through some trickery of the pair, they're able to defeat the Red Skull. After assisting Captain America in several battles against patriotic Americans who have gone on violent rampages due to being under the influence of the villain Nightmare, Sharon finds herself facing off against Captain America when he falls prey to the influence of Nightmare. During an absence by Nick Fury, Sharon served a brief term as executive director of S.H.I.E.L.D. until returning to field work when Mariah Hill became the new executive director. Sharon is later abducted by the Winter Soldier and used as bait to lure Captain America into a trap. While investigating the activities of the Winter Soldier, Sharon and Steve decide to rekindle their relationship. During the Civil War storyline, Sharon is an initial supporter of the Superhuman Registration Act, which is the inspiration of the Sokovia Accords in the MCU. Even though she supported it, she was against aiding in the capture of Captain America, who was of course opposed to the registration. After coming into contact with Nick Fury's underground organization, Sharon switches her allegiance to Captain America. In the fallout of Civil War, Steve is shot by a sniper in the shoulder while he walks up the steps to Federal Court. In the ensuing chaos, Steve is shot three times in the abdomen with a pistol and dies from his injuries. It's later revealed that all of this was a plan orchestrated by the Red Skull, with Crossbones being the sniper and Sharon shooting Steve in the abdomen, although she was under the hypnotic suggestion of Dr. Faustus at the time. Dr. Faustus keeps Sharon under his control and uses her to take out both Black Widow and Falcon before she joins Red Skull's organization as a minion. Around this time, Sharon is actually pregnant with Steve's child, but loses the baby during a fight against Red Skull's daughter, Sin, when she attempts to escape. But later, Sharon admits that she stabbed herself in the womb, causing the miscarriage, because she didn't want the Red Skull to get his hands on anything that was hers. Dr. Faustus makes Sharon forget this entire ordeal, and also gives her the tools to escape. Sharon eventually escapes and is found by Black Widow and Falcon. After she heals, Iron Man and Falcon decide to tell her about her pregnancy, resulting in Sharon deciding to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. During the storyline Captain America Reborn, Sharon learns that she was the one who killed Captain America. In the comic book series, Sharon hunts down the agent who had the pistol she gave them, the same pistol she used to shoot Steve. With the help of the Avengers, Sharon finds the pistol, and upon inspecting it, she finds out that the technology comes from none other than Doctor Doom. They soon learn that the pistol didn't kill Steve, but froze him within time and space. 
Sharon resolves herself to find a way to bring Steve back. Sadly, Norman Osborn is also interested in reviving Steve so that he can complete the Red Skull's plan to transfer his consciousness into Steve's body and have him lead the Avengers. Osborn frames Sharon as an accomplice in Steve's murder and threatens to kill the new Captain America if she doesn't turn herself in. Deciding she doesn't have a choice, Sharon turns herself in and is taken to Latveria, where she is attached to a machine built to bring Steve back but with the Red Skull in control of his body. In order to save Bucky, who had previously escaped, Sharon surrenders to Osborne. She is taken to the Red Skull and Doctor Doom, who used her to retrieve Steve with Red Skull's mind in control. With the help of Henry Pym, Sharon escapes and uses the Red Skull's own ship to blow him up. Steve is brought back, and he's able to exert control over his own body, and the pair reconcile. During the events of the Secret Empire storyline, Sharon is on the helicarrier at the time when Captain America's history is being rewritten and he turns out to be a Hydra sleeper agent. Sharon later forms the Daughters of Liberty, whose mission is to clear Captain America's name after he's framed for the death of Thunderbolt Ross. So what are Sharon's abilities? Sharon is a highly trained martial artist who is adept at various fighting techniques. She's trained in espionage, weapons, firearms, and computers. Now that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has ended, with the reveal of Sharon being the power broker, what can we expect to see from her in the MCU? Well, we can definitely see that Marvel took inspiration for Sharon's dark turn from when she was left behind in the cold by S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics, as the basis of her dark turn after being left behind by Steve and the Avengers after her assistance in Civil War. We know this isn't the end of Sharon in the MCU. It's obvious from the post credit scene of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that she is cooking up some plots to sell the government secrets and weapons. The question is, where will all of this unfurl? We know Rhodey is getting his own Disney Plus show, Armor Wars. The plot of the show has War Machine on a mission to stop Stark technology from getting in the wrong hands. Could it be that Sharon, in her power broker persona, is selling Stark tech? We could see Sharon continuing down the role of a villain in that series and pop back up in Captain America 4, which will see Sam as the newly minted Captain America. Personally, I'm still a fan of the idea that the Sharon we've been seeing in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is actually a secret scroll. Marvel had confirmed that there will be a series titled Secret Invasion, which is based on the comic book storyline of the Skrulls invading Earth, which even sees some of our famous heroes having been secret skulls for a long time. Perhaps this Sharon is a secret scroll. Either way, we can rest assured knowing that Sharon isn't leaving the MCU anytime soon. The only question we have now is whose side will she be on next time we see her return? And with that said, we're jumping right into the gentleman's portion of the podcast. Alright gentlemen, chances are that every time you step into the hairdressers to get your hair cut, the stylist used a hairdryer to style your hair before you left. Yet, when compared to a beard trimmer or an electric toothbrush, Plenty of men tend to not use a hairdryer in their personal grooming arsenal. Most men who own a hairdryer are only using it for drying purposes. 
and not realizing that a hairdryer is a needed tool if you're looking to style your hair. Fair enough if you're one of those guys who just rolls out of bed and is all bedheaded. If you can pull off that look, great. But if you're a guy with longer hair or wanting to style that perfect quiff, it would be a good idea to invest in a proper hair dryer. You may be asking yourself, does the hair dryer really make that much of a difference? The answer is yes. A good hair dryer goes a very long way to boosting volume and ensuring your hairstyle lasts the day. So I'm giving you gentlemen my top three options of hair dryers you should invest in, especially if you're wanting to take your hairstyle game to that next level. A key feature in a proper hair dryer is an adjustable temperature control. You want to have at least three different heat levels along with a cooling temperature to help lock in your hair style. Number one, the Dyson Supersonic. I'm kicking off my top three list with the hair dryer that I use, which is the Dyson Supersonic. In the past, I've used countless different brands of hair dryers that I would grab from my local shops, and I can say that the Dyson Supersonic is in a class of its own. From holding it in your hands, that cheap plastic feeling is nowhere to be found. It's powered by Dyson's famed V9 motor, and the model makes the hairdryer easier to handle. It comes with three different nozzles that connect magnetically, so it means easy attaching and detaching. With three different levels of heat intensity and power, plus a cooling temperature feature, which is absolutely needed because your hair sets into style as it cools. This hairdryer is kinder to your follicles and is hands down the best precision styling tool for your hair. If you have some extra money to spend, this is the one to grab. Number two, Heist Hair Kit 2.0. This brand is behind the first hairdryer that was specifically targeted towards men. Their newest model is packed with 2,200 watts of drying power, ionic technology, and a blue UV light that will condition the scalp and provide just the right amount of shine. Their patented precision grip is in a league of its own. It will provide that extra bit of close-up control when styling, and it even comes with a vented hairbrush, which is always handy for drying your hair when you have product in it. Number three, GHD Air. GHD is one of the first brands that normally pop into people's mind when they think of hair styling tools. Even today, it still maintains its reputation for salon-worthy styling at home. Similar to the Dyson Supersonic, it features three heat settings and its 2,100 watts professional strength motor provides super fast drying. But it is a bit on the noisier side of life. It comes with its own cool shot button that assists in setting your hairstyle into place. This is the must-have dryer in terms of best value for your money. And there you have it, gentlemen, my picks for my favorite hair dryers that are currently on the market. You definitely want to check these out because if you're wanting to add that extra volume to your hair and make it easier to style, you need a proper hair dryer. There's just no way around it. You need a proper hair dryer. A big thank you again for listening to another episode of The Geeky Gentleman. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. That will definitely make my day. If you're interested in supporting The Geeky Gentleman, look for it on Patreon. I have some extra goodies there for everyone who supports the podcast. Feel free to drop me a DM on Instagram. I'm at DriftingDecal. If you have any style or grooming questions, 
and I also want to hear your theories for Sharon Carter in the MCU. If you want more content from me, feel free to visit my blog at www.driftingdudes.com. And until our next podcast adventure, I will talk at you guys later. Bye!